All right, good morning to everyone and welcome to the well here at STSA. And I'll just repeat what Joe said earlier, which is happy Veterans Day. Whether you are a veteran or you're just happy to get a day off of work, congratulations. Happy Veterans Day to everybody. We are in part five of a series called No Big Deal. And trust me, take my word for this. If you are just tuning in today here for the first time, you owe it to yourself. You owe it to yourself to go back and catch up on what you missed over the past four weeks. Because what we're doing here in this series is we are talking about those little sins, those minor sins, those no big deal sins. Like when you classify sins like the misdemeanor kind of sins that we all kind of accept and just see as a, as a regular part of society and part of life. But what we're seeing is sometimes the littlest sin is the most dangerous. And sometimes the biggest work that the devil is going to do in your life and to your life is not going to be through big, audacious sins but it's gonna be those little subtle ones that we've just come to accept and allowed in our lives. Why I'm saying you need to go back and catch up because I have been seeing over the past four weeks, God is raising the bar for us. He's raising the bar. Here's where our bar has been and God is raising the bar for us. And I'm telling you, I don't know much, but I know a couple things in life. And I know anytime God wants to do something great amongst his people, in his church, amongst his children, anytime God wants to do something great, the starting point is always a call to repentance. The starting point is always a call to God's high standard. And I see right now, God is doing that in our church family. He's raising the bar. So I am excited as to what God is gonna do in our church family, in our, in our homes, in our marriages, in our families, in our friendships, in our community. I'm excited because I know when the people of God raise the bar, then God raises the bar, what he's gonna do and how he's gonna work. I always remember that I have this verse actually in front of my desk. If you're ever looking for a great memory verse to, call, to push you to a higher level, Joshua 3.5, Joshua 3.5, Joshua 3.5. It's in front of my desk at all times. It says, sanctify yourselves for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. Sanctify yourselves for the, tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. I see it every single day. And every time I'm challenged or I'm, I'm tempted, I should say, to lower the bar, I remember that verse. Sanctify yourselves today so that tomorrow the Lord will do great things amongst you. And I believe that's what's happening here in this series. What am I talking about? What have you missed so far if you're just starting today? Well, the first four weeks, okay, we looked at, or the, the first week we had an introduction then we looked at three particular sins and today we're gonna hit the next one. So the first sin we looked at, who remembers the first sin that we looked at, the first no big deal sin? It was the sin of complaining, very good. We talked about complaining. Complaining isn't really a sin, is it? It's just kind of like some people just complain. It's not your fault. It's the fault of all the idiots around you, right? Like that's why we complain. Well, we saw in that week, in week two of this series is, is that God takes complaining personally. So we need to take complaining seriously. God takes it personally. So we need to take it seriously. And what we saw is, is that if we see in a situation that we're tempted to complain about, first thing we're gonna do, is try to change our circumstance. And if we can't change our circumstance, then we're gonna change our perspective. That was week two. And the week after that, we talked about criticism. And we said there's only two kinds of people in this world. There's fault finders and grace givers. Fault finders and grace givers. And you gotta decide which one are you going to be. Are you gonna be a fault finder or a grace giver? But what we talked about in that particular week is that today's words are creating tomorrow's reality. So the words you use today with your children after they got their report cards is gonna to create tomorrow's reality with the children. The words that you say when you come home from work and you see that your, that, that your wife didn't, isn't done dinner yet or that your husband isn't done dinner yet or whatever the, the situation may be, the words you choose today 
will lead to the reality you experience tomorrow. So be very careful with the critical words. And then last week, we talked about lying. And we talked about those itsy bitsy, tiny little white lies, which aren't really lies, right? But what we saw is, hey, we always look at it as not a big deal lie because we think about the impact of the lie on others. And what's the big deal? I made them feel good. I avoided a conflict. But God doesn't care about the impact on others of our lie. God cares about the impact of that lie on us. And what we saw as the devil's strategy is always that you would tell a lie and then you would believe that lie and then you would live that lie. So that's why we took it very seriously. Week five, fourth of our no big deal sins. Let me talk about gossip today, which is not really applicable in a church community, is it? You'd never imagine that church people in a church environment would ever deal with gossip. So really today we're talking about all the other people, the gossip that we hear around us, but we're never talking about ourselves, right? Well, we are gonna talk about gossip today and my hope is to convince you by the end of today, the gossip is a lot more deadly than you may realize. So I'm gonna preface this, but kind of do a little public service announcement. If you got a juicy piece of gossip that you really wanna share and you can't wait, okay, now's the time to do so because hopefully by the end of today, you're not gonna be, feel like you wanna share it. So go ahead and share that gossip right now just to get it out of your system, okay? Because hopefully this is the last chance that you got it. All right, everyone got it out. Everyone kind of shouted it out their gossip. Okay, good. Let's jump into our topic. Everybody in this room knows the pain of gossip. Everybody in this room knows what it's like to be gossiped about or to see the negative impact of gossip. Whether it was a college friend who you trusted with a secret and she shared that secret with somebody else. Whether it was a family member who you feel to this day disconnected and hurt because they didn't talk to you, they talked about you, about something that you thought was a sensitive topic. Maybe I see this all the time. People come and tell me my office, my office is full of politics, it's full of rumors, it's full of gossip. People don't get promoted properly, okay? And, and my chances of getting to the top are, are negated because of all the gossip and all the stuff that's going around the office. And some people tell me about how their churches are divided by gossip. In my line of work, as a priest, gossip is something that comes, it's like par for the course. When you stand up here and you talk as much as I talk, you are inviting the gossip in. But the good thing for me is, See, like you, you got to look for the gossip and you got to accidentally run into it. When you're a priest, you just go online and find it, okay? So I'm lucky enough, I can just go do a Google search for my name, okay? And if you are interested, go ahead and type in my name and you'll find all kinds of fun stuff out there because the gossip comes straight out there. And I'll tell you a true story, okay? This happened probably about 10 years ago, something like that, is that one time I was getting gossiped about right in front of my face without even somebody knowing it. I was in Boston. And I was at a, a priest uh, convention, and, and the Pope was there at the time. Okay, we have a Coptic, we have our own Pope, not Pope, not the Catholic Pope, our Pope, okay. And the Pope was there. So when the Pope is there, okay, he, the, the thing begins by everybody coming and greeting him, okay? And it is the model of inefficiency, but that's okay, it's the Pope, so it's fine, okay? So everyone's waiting in this long line. So I'm in the back, you know, number 264 out of like 266 or whatever it may be, okay? I'm in the back and I'm waiting, and then, the Pope is sitting in the front, he's sitting on a chair because he's, he's elderly, so he's not gonna stand up that whole time. And people are coming and greeting him and whatever it may be. And a priest in the front calls me, like a friend of mine, priest said, call me. And he called me up. I was like, what? And he's like, come here. And I'm like a rules guy, so I like don't like to cut the line. Like I'm, I, so I'm like, what? Just, you know, just shout it out. He's like, come here. So I go up to the front of the line. And we're about like 10 spots away from the Pope. But the way the line was, the Pope, like you kind of curled around like this, 
and then you ran into him like this, okay? So we're like lined up back here. So we're like right here, and he's sitting like right there. And we're looking over his shoulder, and the priest says to me, that paper he's reading is about you. And the priest, who I saw who that priest was, gave a paper to the Pope that was talking trash about me. And I'm like, this is cool. Like, it's about me. Like, he's talking to me. Like, I didn't realize it was trash. It was written in Arabic. So I'm like, oh, this is great. Like, it probably is like, you know, Father Anthony's so great. Like, let's give him a raise. But it was not like, saying, let's give him a raise. It's saying, let's give him a permanent vacation kind of a thing, okay? So we're getting up there, and he's telling me what it says, and he's translating me. The next thing you know, I'm in the front, and he's still reading the paper. He's reading the paper that has my name. And I get there, and I greet him, and I kind of do like this. <laughs> and then I exit stage left. And clearly he had no idea who I was. Okay, he didn't know I he didn't picture he didn't know my, my name. He just like he saw the thing and I looked at him just and I just kind of froze and I exited as fast as I could out of there. My point is nobody's exempt from gossip. Nobody's exempt from people talking about them behind their back. It happens to all of us, unfortunately, because we have accepted it as a part of life. It's just something we do. How often do we hear the sentence in a conversation? Hey, you won't believe what I heard. Did you hear about, hey, what's up with so-and-so? And then the classic one, the classic one is, I'm not supposed to say anything, but this is just between me and you. Anytime somebody tells you this is just between me and you, okay, you know it's going to end bad because you know it was just between somebody else and them a minute ago, and now it's between them and you. We all hate gossip. Anybody here like gossip? Anybody here like it? Anyone here? We all hate gossip, don't we? We all hate it. So let me ask you a question. Why is it that there's so much gossip? And let's be honest, because last week we talked about lying, so we can't lie here. So we're going to be honest and tell the truth. You know why we talk, why there's so much gossip in the world? Let's be honest, because we can't resist it. As much as we hate it, we can't resist it. And once we smell it around, we jump on it. Look what King Solomon said here in Proverbs 16, 22. The words of a gossip are like choice morsels. They go down to a man's inmost parts. Man's inmost parts, what basically he's saying is they hit the spot. They are finger licking good. I think of choice morsels that can't be resisted. I think of, if you're a potato chip person, okay, can't just eat one, the Lay's, the Pringles. Me, I remember back, I don't know if you remember combos. Remember combos? Okay, those are so good. Can't just eat just one. Choice morsels. Once you have one, you got to have another. Or I think of chicken McNuggets, okay, from McDonald's. Like the way we grew up, okay, I always wanted chicken. Like I could eat so many chicken McNuggets, but I always felt like they were too expensive. And I could never convince myself to get the chicken nuggets because the, the burgers were such a better deal. And every time I wanted chicken nuggets, and I'm like, I'm going to get 20 nuggets. I'm gonna get, but I just can't convince myself. But one of these, like I, I dream sometimes of like going and ordering like 50 chicken nuggets. And I, could, I honestly think I could eat every single one of those chicken nuggets. They are just so good. Or like I said, I'll do confession. We talked about lying last week. Just this past week, my daughter's Halloween candy. All right, when she's at school, I'll be honest, I go in that bag and I'm like, I'm just one Reese's peanut butter cup. And one leads to two, leads to three, leads to four, leads to five, leads to six. And then I just shove it in the back of the thing. And I, what I do is, I know that's not right. I put the empty wrappers back in the bag. So maybe she'll think <laughs> like they're in there somewhere. I know that's not right. We did lying last week, no judging. <laughs> Gossip is kind of that same way. Gossip is that same way that just like the candy, it's stealing. It's her candy. She worked hard for it. She dressed up like a little M&M. Like she did it for her. She got it. I know it's going to give me a stomachache. I know it's not good for me. 
but I just can't resist just one little more. And then I promise no more. And then just one little more. That's the way it is with gossip. And gossip is not restricted just so we're on the same page here. If we need to come up with the definition of gossip. Gossip is not just restricted to people that we know. It still counts as gossip if it's people that you don't know, like politicians, like celebrities, like church figures, church hierarchy, priest, bishop, clergy. That's still gossip. What we want to do, as we've been doing throughout this entire series, is we want to raise the bar on what we define as gossip and not gossip. We want to get rid of the, hey, have you heard about, you know, have you heard what happened to Jim? That happened to Jim? No, but let me tell you what happened to Sarah. And Sarah, and we want to get rid of all that. We want to raise the bar. Because like King Solomon says right here, all of us can't resist a choice morsel of gossip. And in case you think that you are immune to it and you don't struggle with this and, and, and gossip, you, you don't care to hear it, let me ask you this. What do you do when you go to the grocery checkout line? What are you doing while you're waiting there? You're doing what I'm doing. You're reading the gossip magazines. You never buy it. You don't even know who the people are, but it's good to know who broke up with who and who's, you know, and what kind of rehab and who had a UFO land in their yard last night as well. And while you're at it, five tips to flatten your belly. Like, okay, that's great. You won't admit that you like the gossip. You never buy it. But when you're in that checkout line, you can't resist it. It's a choice morsel that's ever so tasty. And one leads to another, leads to another, leads to another, leads to another. Why do we gossip? Well, I think... Oftentimes, I came up with three reasons why we gossip. I think one, because we're miserable people. And because when you're miserable, it makes you feel better that someone else is more miserable. So if I am miserable in my marriage, it makes me feel better that someone else is more miserable in their marriage. If I am miserable that I'm still single, it makes me happy that someone else is even just as single and less likely than me. If I am, I'm not struggling with my own children to keep them in line, it makes me happy that your kid failed or your kid didn't make the team or whatever it is. Because we're miserable, we like other people to be miserable. Second reason I came up with is because we think it makes us look important. We like to look like we know everything because information is power. So we're like, yeah, yeah. Oh, I know what happened. Oh, you don't know what happened? Like, I know what happened. Oh, you didn't hear? We like to feel like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And some people, like some people, you come and tell them good news. You know, this people is engaged and they're not gonna say congratulations. They're gonna say, I knew before anybody else and I could have predicted that. And hey, congratulations, this person is gonna be ordained as a priest. Well, I could have predicted that. That could have, like, it's not a game. It's not a contest. See, who can know the information first? But sometimes that's how we feel. The last reason I came up with, some of us, our lives are just boring. Some of us just got nothing to talk about. Some of us, our lives are just dry and meaningless. So it's just, we had nothing else. So we just talk about other people. Whatever the reason is that we gossip, every gossip is a choice morsel, but it ends in stomachache. Look at this passage right here from Romans chapter one. St. Paul gives the laundry list of really bad sins, and one of them is gossip. He says, and since they did not see fit to acknowledge God, God gave them up to a debased mind to do what ought not to be done. He's talking about people who refused to worship God and resist God, so God allowed them basically to have their cake. And this is what happened to them. They were filled with all manner of unrighteousness, evil, covetousness, malice, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, maliciousness. They are gossips, slanderers, haters of God, insolent, haughty, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents. I'm so glad that made it on the list. Foolish, faithless, heartless, ruthless, who knowing the righteous judgment of God, 
that those who practice such things are, read it with me, that those who practice such things are deserving of death, not only do the same, but also approve of those who practice them. That includes gossip. All series, as I said, we're raising the bar on criticism, raising the bar on, on lying, raising the bar on complaining, and we're raising the bar on gossip. We want to go to not just avoid the bad gossip, the destructive gossip. We want to swing to the other side and be productive with our words, be life-giving with our words. We want to reach a standard where our words not only are not tearing down, but they're actually building up. One time someone told me, you know what, Father Anthony, this isn't gossip because it's true. This isn't gossip, it's true. What's truth got to do with anything? Gossip doesn't mean it's false, like that rumor is false, but gossip can be true or not true. I read it one time nicely, very, very nicely in a book. It said this, it said, everything said must be true, but not everything true must be said. That's a good one. If you're looking to tweet something, that's one right there for you. Everything said must be true, but not everything true must be said. Like for example, your confession last night, it is true. Would you like me to say it in front of the whole wide world and proclaim it on social media? It's true. It's not gossip. It's true. This is what they did. Not everything true must be said. And just because it's true doesn't, doesn't mean that it is not gossip. Gossip is not about true and false. Gossip is about your business and not your business. We we'll come up with a working definition for gossip, and then you can come up with a lot of definitions. This is what we came up with right here. I heard it one time a long time ago. I love it. This is my definition. Gossip is passing on information when you are neither part of the problem nor the solution. Having discussions, passing on information, talking about things where you are neither part of the problem nor the solution. You're talking about another person's marriage. Are you trying to help them? Are you trying to pray for them? Are you trying to see like how you can be a blessing to them? Or are you just talking because you want to talk? You're talking in the office about your boss. Is it because there's an issue that you need to deal with and you're seeking guidance on how to deal with that issue? Or are you just talking just to talk? Gossip isn't just spreading false rumors and reports. Gossip is getting caught up in business that is not your own. My daughter taught me something here, okay? She said, one time I said to her something like, uh, you know, what you talking about or what, whatever. And she said, uh, I'm talking, oh, I said, who are you talking? She was talking and she's like, who are you I said, who are you talking about? She said, Nanya. I'm like, who's Nanya? She goes, Nanya business. <laughs> well, so I think the same is true. What is gossip is when it's none your business. Whether it's true or not true is not the, is not the distingu distinguishing factor. Whether it's your business or not your business, if you're talking about yourself, talk. If you're talking about others that you're trying to help, help. But if you're just talking just to talk, that's called gossip where I'm from. There's a great verse in 1 Timothy chapter 5 where St. Paul is speaking to his disciple Timothy and he's telling him about social service in the church and the widows in the church and which ones to help financially and which ones to not help. And he's saying the older ones help them because they're older and they're probably not gonna remarry, so we should help them. But the younger ones, let them be a little bit independent. And he tells why right here, 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 13. He says, for them, if we don't help them, they'll be wandering about from house to house, not only idle, but also gossips and busybodies saying things which they ought not. That's the definition of gossip. Saying things, whether true or not true, but it's none your business. 
saying things which ought not to be said. What we're going to look at here for the rest of today is we want to talk about gossip and why gossip is so dangerous. Now we got a working definition for it. Now we see what it is. Talking about things is not my business. Gossip is a silent killer. And gossip kills three people. Every time a word of gossip is uttered, it kills three people. The first victim of gossip, the easy one, is the subject of the gossip. Anytime there's gossip being said, the one being spoken about is damaged and is injured. True story from many years back. There was a couple that was married and going through a bit of a hard time, all right? And, and when what happened is the man committed, the man committed adultery, okay? And he cheated on his wife, which was very bad and she, very bad. And this obviously caused a lot of damage in the marriage. And then with some time, okay, he repented like, he repented and he felt so bad for his sin and he was willing to do whatever it is. And he truly, truly, truly repented. I'm not justifying anybody's sin right here. I'm just telling, I'm just telling the story. And he truly repented. And she at the beginning couldn't accept any kind of repentance, but with a little bit of time and a lot of prayer, she started coming around and she started to give him a chance. And like I said, he was willing to pay whatever punishment, whatever, like he was willing to do whatever it took to make matters okay. And she started to come around and she started to warm up and she still had reservation, but she started and she was inching closer to healing. And then at the appropriate time, okay, they brought someone else into this situation. Okay, good friends. Because the truth is anytime there's, there's like a, a damage that's done, as long as it stays secret, it'll probably never get healed. Okay, secrets don't lead to healing. Open leads to healing. Okay, but he covered never. So they brought a couple into this situation and that was really really good and that helped them get even closer and closer to healing and the woman started coming back around and she was like accepting the man's repentance and then they brought another couple in and this is where the situation took a turn for the wrong as the second couple the lady shared that information with somebody else even though you know it was like the don't tell anybody just pray you know the prayer request gossip, right? And when that lady, that second lady told a third lady, then all of a sudden the thing got out. And now this woman who had been hurt, but was on the path to healing, all of a sudden when she found out that other people knew, she couldn't, she spiraled out of control. She felt humiliated, she felt she couldn't go out in public and that was it, and that was over. And they filed for divorce. I like to learn lessons. So looking back on this situation, what killed this marriage? The easy answer, like if you're just gonna go on the surface, you would say adultery killed this marriage, but I do not believe in my heart of hearts that adultery killed this marriage. I believe gossip killed this marriage because I believe they could have recovered from adultery, as bad as that is, but they could not recover from gossip. Maybe that's why God says in Proverbs chapter, Solomon says about God in Proverbs 6, verse 16, these six things the Lord hates. Yes, seven are an abomination to him. And then he lists all these things. And one of them, he says, a false witness who speaks lies and sows discord among brethren. Look, as a dad, dads, we get this. Like I told you a joke earlier about people talking trash about me. 
I can show you websites, people talking trash about me. Like I actually, sometimes when I'm bored, like I go search for this stuff and I get, I get disappointed when there's nothing fresh, when there's no fresh content. That's why we put everything on the internet so we can get more content. I, 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 that stuff, I laugh at that stuff. But you say something about my wife or my kids when it's none of your business? When like, we know we have a situation and we're trying our best and we're working through some stuff and then you talk about my matters, this private matters, and then we got problems. Even if it's true, if it's none of your business, you are not helping the situation, and in fact, you may be severely hurting the situation by speaking about something that is meant to be private and none of your business. The first victim of gossip is the subject. The second victim is the speaker, the speaker. The one who says the gossip is a victim of the very gossip which he is saying. It is damaging him without him realizing it. How? How does me gossiping about you damage me? Look at this verse. Proverbs chapter 11, verse 12 and 13. Whoever derides their neighbor has no sense, but the one who has understanding holds their tongue. A gossip betrays a confidence, but a trustworthy person keeps a secret. In other words, nobody admires a gossip. If you are the guy who's always spreading rumors, people love to listen to you, but nobody will ever talk to you because they know that the same way that you are quickly talking about others, that you will quickly talk about them. So don't be fooled by having so many acquaintances. Nobody really likes you. And the more and more you're, and you're not gossiping, right? You're just the, you're just the oh yeah, you know, uh, Jim's a great guy. Really great guy, really kind, really loving. Wouldn't wanna be his wife or his kids, but you know what I mean? He's a really, really great guy. Like if you're that guy, everybody knows that you're that guy who's gonna stab them in the back. If you're, if you're the lady who says, oh, you know, she's so nice and she's so sweet, she's such a good mom. I don't know why she dressed that way to church, but she's just so sweet. God bless her heart. Like if that's you, everybody knows that's you and nobody, nobody will ever be real with you because everyone will always be on guard with you. I certainly will be on guard with you. I will measure my words. I will calculate everything I say because I know the same way you're talking to me, bashing that other priest. I know you're gonna be going to him and bashing me the next week. Certain people, naturally, expressing it is, is loose lips, okay? And everybody sees it and it doesn't help your reputation. Proverbs 20, 19, whoever goes about slandering reveals secrets. Therefore, do not associate with a simple babbler. You know, when someone comes to me gossiping about another person, or I know of someone gossiping, it doesn't make the person look bad. Like I know, like you're gossiping about so-and-so. I know they're weak. I know they got issues. Like I know that. That's not new information. The new information is that you, you got issues. You got problems. That you're the one that I don't trust. That you're the one I don't want to associate. You don't make me look bad. Don't think bad about somebody else. I don't think bad about the person that's the subject of the gossip. I know they got issues. I think bad about you because you're the one who's showing that you don't really care to help. You just want to talk bad about that person. I heard something nice. When you hear someone speaking gossip, you think or you know that they have constipation of the mind and diarrhea of the mouth. That's a good expression. Someone who gossips has constipation of the mind and diarrhea of the mouth. The second victim of, of gossip is the speaker. And then the last victim. The subject, the speaker, the listener. Gossip is like secondhand smoke. 
it sticks to you. And you may say, well, I didn't do any gossiping. I just, just listening. And I'm telling you that you don't need to smoke to die of lung cancer. You don't need to be the one actually doing the smoking. But if you're around it long enough, you will get defiled by it. And I'm going to say this. I truly believe in my heart of hearts. And you may say I'm wrong and I'm, and, I'm, and I'm naive. I'm a happy, naive person. So I'm going to be naive here. I truly believe that every single person sitting in these seats here today hates gossip. I truly believe that. And I truly believe that every person doesn't want to be part of a gossiping conversation. And I believe that just like me with the, my daughter's Halloween candy, that if somebody had just saved me by just coming in and saying and ripping it away from me, I'd have been so thankful. I believe that every person here wants to get rid of the gossip, but doesn't know how. Is that a safe assumption? That we want to stop the gossip. We're not comfortable with it, but we just don't know how. We don't want to be rude. We don't want to interrupt. Well, how about this? I'm going to help you. I'm going to be very practical. You can kill gossip in any conversation with one question. One question. A single question. You can memorize this question, and I promise you, if you say this question, the gossip will end on the spot. You want to hear the question? There's three versions of the question. There's the nice version, the direct version, and with attitude version. Which one y'all want? Attitude? You want to start straight with attitude? No one nice in the room? Okay. How about, how, about we start, how about we start in the middle, okay, and then we go left and we go right. The direct question, then I'll give you the attitude. But if, Say attitude. Who want attitude? You gotta say it like, that's what I'm saying. Okay. The direct question, when someone is saying, did you hear about this or so-and-so, whatever it may be, the simple question, the direct question, which can be said nicely, but it's very direct, why are you telling me this? Why are you telling me? I don't need to be with attitude. It can be semi-nice. So-and-so's marriage. Why are you telling me this? So-and-so's kid. Why are you telling me this? Uh, my boss or the coworker, cubicle, what? Oh, why are you telling me this? That's the direct version. If that's a little bit, some people has a little confrontational for them, right? Like that's a little bit much. The attitude people will get you in a second, okay? But the confrontation people, okay, well, I, I'll tell you a way to make it a little bit softer. You can say, but you have to use more words, okay, make it a little bit longer. Oh, have you had a chance to talk to them about this? So so-and-so says, you know, this couple, this. Oh, have you had a chance to talk to so-and-so about this? And then, of course, they're going to say, uh, no, not yet. I was about, like, whatever. And then you say, okay, maybe you should start there. Maybe you should start there. Have you had a chance? Like, this priest, this and that, this and that. Oh, ha have you had a chance to talk with him about this? And if not, maybe that's a good place to start. That's a nicer way. Attitude. Attitude. Who wants the Attitude. Attitude one, kills gossip in its spot. And those who like to fight, you just say the following. Someone says so-and-so this, so-and-so that. Can I quote you? <laughs> Can I quote you on that one? <laughs> you say that. Can I quote you? And I guarantee the gossip ends on the spot. They may not stop gossiping, but I guarantee you they will not do it with you. And ultimately, our goal, look, it's been said that what you permit, you promote. What you permit, you promote. So ultimately, our goal is to end the gossip in its track. 
I understand some ways people feel more comfortable, other ways not, but we can't accept the gossiping around us. Number one is gonna kill us. And number two, look at this verse right here, Proverbs 17, four. Wrongdoers eagerly listen to gossip. Wrongdoers eagerly listen to gossip. So let's switch the syntax there. If wrongdoers listen to gossip, somebody who listens to gossip is doing wrong, right? You catch that one? If a wrongdoer listens to gossip, if gossip is being listened to, that person is doing wrong. I'll say it another way. If you are going to allow other people to get crushed in your presence, you deserve to get crushed as well. If you're going to stand by while someone else gets bashed, think about it. If you just stand by and watch somebody get bullied and somebody get beaten up in front of you and you do nothing about it, then you deserve whatever's coming to you. And so many times people come to me. I'm not advocating retaliation or anything like that, but I'm saying this. People come to me and say, so-and-so gossiped about me, Father Anthony. So-and-so did this. And I'm, hmm. And then I'll ask a simple question. I'll say, hey, you ever gossiped about this person? <sighs> you ever gossiped about someone else in the office? Someone in the office gossiped about me. You ever gossiped about someone else in the office? What, what you complaining about? Jesus said, do unto others as you want them to do unto you. It's called the golden rule. And if you allow gossip to be spoken about others, then you deserve whatever's coming at you as well. Back to the question. Let's stick with the direct one. The direct question, not the attitude one, but I kind of like the attitude one. Why are you telling me this? Why are you telling me this? You know what's behind the premise behind the question of why are you telling me this? The premise behind it is exactly what Jesus taught us in Matthew chapter 18. Verse 15, Jesus says, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he hears you, you have gained your brother. But if he will not hear you, then you take with you one or two more that by the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word may be established. What he's saying is you got an issue with your boss. I'm not saying just suck it up, buttercup. What I'm saying is go talk to him or her. You got an issue with someone in the church? Pull him aside. Say, hey, you got a minute? Something's bothering me. Isn't that what you want me to do with you? Like if someone here, if you right here, if there's someone here who's sitting here and you offend me and I'm annoyed at you, do you want me to talk to you or about you? Everyone would say, hey, just come talk to me, Father Anthony. And that's what I'm saying to you. We discussed this as a church before. This is the, 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 the policy. This is our rule here at STSA. Anyone who's got an issue with anybody, come and talk. Because we all agree together. We don't want people to talk about us. We want people to talk to us. And I'm saying I'm first and foremost. Well, we have to be willing to practice that as well if that's what we want others to do to us. You got an issue? Go and talk. And, and what he's implying right here is do your best to solve it between you and him or you and her. And then if you can't, then okay, you pull somebody else in. But like I said, with that example, with that married couple, someone with wisdom, someone who's coming in to help, not someone who's coming in to talk, someone who's coming in to be a mediator, someone who's coming to help solve the situation, not break it apart and make it worse. Some people say gossip means we never, so we never talk about anybody else. I'm not saying we never talk about other people, we only talk about ourselves. But what I'm saying is we never talk about anybody else unless we're there to help that person. If you're part of the problem or the solution, yes, we can talk. But if you're not part of either one, then you're just gossiping. So here's the kind of gossip I wanna hear. Here's what I wanna hear spoken about behind people's back here at this church. I wanna hear, hey, this couple is struggling. Why don't we offer to babysit for them so they can have a date night? They haven't had one in a long time. 
That's the kind of talking about people's back that I, behind that back, I want to hear. I want to hear, this person, stop coming to church. Maybe they just feel lonely or sad or unloved or disconnected. Hey, why don't we do something? I think their birthday's coming up. Why don't we do something for them on their birthday? That's the kind of talking behind the back that we want. That's the kind of gossiping that we need. When people see a problem and say, how can we help solve the problem as opposed to just talk about it? Socrates. Y'all heard of Socrates, right? Socrates was a pretty smart guy. And he came up with a triple filter test on how to end gossip. And true story, Socrates, one time someone came to him and said, I got news for you. I just heard this about one of your students and I want to share it with you. So he came and he ran and said, I just heard this about your students and I want to tell you that. And Socrates stopped him. He said, wait a moment, sir. Before you tell me what you're about to tell me, I'd like to give you the triple filter test before you speak this to me. So the guy's like, what's the triple filter test? And he says, the first filter is truth. Is what you are about to say to me, are you certain it is true? Have you made sure that what you're about to tell me is true? And the guy said, well, no, I just heard it from, and then Socrates cut him off. Said, so what you're about to tell me, you don't even know if it's true or not true. Let's try the second filter. The second filter is goodness. Is what you're about to tell me about one of my students something good? And the man, of course, said, no, quite the contrary. Socrates said, so you want to tell me something bad that you aren't even certain is true. So the man felt a little ashamed. Third filter is the useful filter. He said, is what you're about to tell me useful to me? And the man said, no, not in any way. Socrates said, well, if what you want to tell me is neither true nor good nor useful, then I'd rather you not tell me. And the man walked away sheepishly. And what was evident in that story is the man who was coming was not coming to be honest, to be good, or to be useful. But he had bad intentions in his heart. And as Jesus taught us in Matthew 12, 34, that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So my question to you, what's in your heart? What's in your heart? Envy towards that person? Hatred? Jealousy? What's in your heart? I feel bad about myself, that's in my heart. So I wanna make someone else feel bad. I feel like no one respects me. So this will like make me feel like a big man. Like what's in your heart? And what's in your heart will come across through your words. And if in your heart for that person is love, in your heart for that person is good, in your heart for that community is unity and oneness, if your heart for our nation is togetherness and love, not divisiveness, then it will manifest itself by the way you speak and the words that you say. Words, as we've been seeing over the past several weeks, have great power. Okay, we saw that verse a couple weeks ago, that in death and life are in the power of the tongue. Started to think about this. When God created the universe, he created the universe by his word. 
when God sent his son into this world who took flesh from the virgin, the son of God took flesh in the virgin's womb through a word that was spoken in her ear by Archangel Gabriel. The message, the good news of salvation, the gospel is proclaimed by words and through the words of the gospel, everyone can reach salvation, be united with God. Words have great power to do great things. But words also can do hurtful things. Words also can take away salvation. Words also can kill. And we need to make a commitment. I'm challenging us as a church family. We need to make a commitment that we will use our words to give life, that we will absolutely talk about people behind their back and we will speak encouraging words behind their back. So when someone says, hey, did you hear what so-and-so said about you, Father Anthony? What'd they say about me? They said, you're such a sweet guy. You're such an encouraging person and they thank God for you. That's what I wanna hear spoken about me behind my back. What do you wanna hear spoken about you behind your back? Well, that's what we should be speaking behind other people's backs. I wanna hear people say that, you know what? This person may have their fault, but I thank God for them. And I learn a lot from them. And you know what? I wanna help them however I can. Like I want people to hear you speaking about them behind their backs. And I want it to be a blessing and an encouragement to them when they find out what it is that you said. Because as Jesus also said, that by your words, you will be justified. And by your words, you will be condemned. In other words, what you say is a big deal after all. No big deal? No big deal. Here's what we're gonna do. I'm gonna challenge every single person right here. I'm gonna challenge every single person right here. Okay, and again, if I could come to you one by one and call you by name, I would do that. But I feel like God is gonna do that instead of me right now. He's gonna call you each one, one by one, one by one, one by one, name by name, boy by girl, girl by boy, whatever it may be, one by one. We declared a gossip-free zone. We declare our church family is a gossip-free zone. And it doesn't just mean in these walls, it means out in the parking lot, it means at Pollo Rico afterwards, or if we go to Kosi, or if we're playing basketball, or we're in life group, or we're going to the restaurant, or we're talking on the phone, or we don't talk on the phone, we text on the phone, or whatever it is we do, we declare a gossip-free zone. All of us hate it, all of us don't want it, it just takes some brave person to say, why are you telling me this? Why are we talking about this? Have you had a chance to talk to them? Or like I said, just stick it to them straight at it. Can I quote you? Like, if that's you, go for it. We declare a gossip-free zone. And then I want to challenge you to go even further. Make your home a gossip-free zone. Make your circle of friends a gossip-free zone. Make your social media feed a gossip-free zone where you will neither speak it nor will you listen to it. And some people need to be unfollowed and unfriended because all they do is fill your timeline with gossip and gossip and gossip that isn't edifying. Make your family's gossip-free zone. I know you can't control your office, but you can certainly influence your office. Declare gossip-free zone everywhere you go. By your words, you'll be justified. By your words, you will be condemned. Because whatever you permit, you promote. And even though you may not be the one doing the gossip, every time there's gossip in your presence, you are an accomplice. And I think God is calling us to a higher standard than that. And we can only imagine, okay? We can only imagine what life would look like if there was no gossip. We can imagine what our churches would look like, what our families would look like. We can imagine what our office would look like. We can imagine what a joy it would be to go to work on Monday if there was no gossip in the office. 
We can imagine what would happen to this church family and their relationships in this church family and the people who have left this church family left other church families if there was no gossip. Let's dream together and let's help make it a reality. Let's stand together for a prayer, please. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, one God, amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you for raising the bar for us and calling us to a high level, Lord, but we know you're doing it because you wanna do something great in our church and in our lives. Help us, Lord, to see this high calling not as something that, that we can't achieve, but something that with you and with your power and with your grace that we can achieve, that we can be a church that is free from gossip, not even 99%, but 100%. Help us to, to, to weed out the areas of gossip and the people who are, who are doing the gossip in our lives and help us to truly be a gossip-free zone everywhere we go. We ask these things in the mighty name of your Son, with the prayers of all of your saints. Here says, we pray thankfully. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. In Christ Jesus our Lord, for thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen.